0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rabbit Weasel podcast, episode number 45. Today, we are talking about 1979's Phantasm. I was off by two years at the end of the last episode. I said 77, but uh, 1979. I am your host, Jared, here as always with my brother, Justin. Hello, Justin. How are you? Good, man. How are you? Doing fine. Doing well. Um, and Mia, Mia, how are you today?
1: I'm doing well, Jared. How are you?
0: Uh, also, doing great. We're concerned about you. We're just concerned been, about you. I'm doing great. Thank you guys for caring. Uh, <laughs> so, Phantasm. So, the first thing I have to know is have either of you, I think, have either of you seen Phantasm before? Nope. Oh boy. So, go. I'm excited because. This is one of those movies where I really envy people that, you know, the first time seeing it, I wish I could be there to watch you watch it, you know? Um, so let's jump in, I guess. Um, this was my pick. Okay. And well, first I want to hear what you guys think about it. So Mia, what did you think about Phantasm your first time watching it? Did you have any idea what was going on?
1: Um, sort of. Uh, <laughs> I know even after the movie, I was like, okay, so what's the, what was the plot? What was going yeah. on? <laughs> yeah. Because it has so many things that, I mean, it has like the, I think it plays to the trope of like, if like the person didn't die on camera, they didn't die. But also at one point I thought maybe one of the characters was evil and then turned out not to be. And it was just kind of like, what is going on? It was just a strange movie. <laughs>
0: It's a very strange movie. But did you enjoy it, at least?
1: Mm-hmm. So I did enjoy the gore. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: some good it, gore.
0: It does, yeah, yeah.
2: You'll find that, Jared, when that's her takeaway from a movie. I really like the gore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: no, I'm all for it, yeah.
0: Remember, this is well before the special effects boom of the 80s. It's uh, before Friday the 13th. We're in the 70s here. So keep that in mind as you're watching the film. And Justin, what did you think about it? Your first time watching Phantasm?
2: I liked it. It's a little uneven. But I think it's a nice, like, example of, like, I said to me, like, B-horror movies from that time period. Like, it reminds me of, like, it feels like a John Carpenter film, but then one that, like, strays over into, like, David Lynch curtains and surrealism and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so there's some cool like stuff from the genre going on, as I was saying to you, uh, it reminds me of, of Blood Freak um, with kind of the, what, which parts are dreams, which parts aren't dreams done pretty well, I think. And I like the idea of the tall man. I don't want to give too much away too early, but the tall man and his whole world, shall we say, uh, is kind of a cool, cool little character. So
0: nice villain i think yeah he's definitely one of the uh uh he's up there you know not as well known quite as uh you know freddy or jason but he's up there with uh pinhead and some of those guys so yeah he's great and yeah so my pick i don't remember when i first saw this movie i know i saw it fairly young um it's just one of those you know, looking for a list of movies, maybe craziest movies or something like that. I found Phantasm, so I don't remember when I first saw it. Uh, I think when I first saw it, I liked it, but I wasn't crazy about it just because of how weird it is and how hard it is to follow. But I've seen the movie a few times now, and I've seen almost all of the sequels. And uh, you know, you pick up on more stuff as you go. And uh, yeah, I-, I love it now. I think it's great. It's um, and it has four sequels so in preparation for this uh this episode i watched all of them except for the last one i haven't seen the last sequel yet but uh they keep the story going uh this is another one i watched joe bob did a christmas special of all things uh where he went through all the films and i watched that with him so he um he said that this is the longest running horror franchise in film history with a continuous story so they keep this story going with the same characters for decades, which is pretty interesting.
2: Do they keep like the same cast together for the most yes. part? Yes.
0: Yeah. The tall man comes back every time. It's Reggie, Mike, and Jody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. More of them now. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, and they all, if you think this is crazy, they just get just as crazy you know they're all <laughs> it stays crazy so yeah i love this movie i think it's really trippy it's fun it's got some cool stuff it's just just surreal enough you know um so let's let's just get into it and as always um phantasm 1979 so uh it starts off like a uh, a typical horror movie it's a sex scene in a cemetery right yeah you get a boob shot yay boobs (laughs) Um, and so she's a good looking lady but there's a problem um okay so first off it's some beautiful woman who isn't identified and well kind of is but she doesn't really have a name and she's with tommy okay um the first time i watched this movie i completely didn't even know who that was or um, but that's Tommy, and so after they are finished, the woman stabs him to death, <laughs> and we briefly see his face turn into an old man. That all happens in what the first 30 seconds, first 60 seconds,
2: that was a bam
0: in your face. So one thing this movie does so well, I think, is it does have a lot of these really short scenes. And before you even know what's going on, it's over and you're moving on to something else. So, yeah, pay attention when you're watching this movie or you'll be even more lost than you definitely will be anyways. Um, So we go to a funeral home where Tommy's two friends, uh, Jody and Reggie, believe that he has committed suicide. I don't know. How many people commit suicide by stabbing themselves in the chest? But uh, somehow, they think he's committed suicide. So, we follow – so, Jody here is – just so everyone has it in mind. Jody is the older brother. Reggie is the friend who drives the ice cream truck who's half bald. And Mike is the little brother, but we'll get to him. So, we follow Jody into the funeral parlor. And already, things are pretty surreal. Can you guys – describe this funeral parlor it's not like one i've ever seen yeah it's like
1: marble
2: yeah it's like marble everywhere it's all white kind of like in greek uh, style it's got mm. lots of people's faces and it it does remind me of david lynch just a little bit and kind of like the it's just like bright and white lit and uh it's and it's got lots of weird noises and then it's also got like uh, big heavy kind of doors everywhere where the bodies are.
1: So, some of those um, scenes remind me of David Lynch, of, like Twin Peaks, mm-hmm. where he's like laying down and then the tall man and like they can see the dreams and stuff. That's what it reminds yeah. me.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. the tall man is in that as well. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so it's like it's one part funeral home, one part, yeah, the halls are just lined with bodies inside little sliding doors. So, it's like yeah, I don't know. It's there's something a little bit off about it right from the very beginning. You know, it doesn't make any sense. Um, and then outside, it's just a mansion, <laughs> but inside, it's like a funeral parlor slash mortuary uh, slash tomb. Yeah. So, um, but that's where a lot of the action takes place. We'll be coming back to the funeral parlor a lot. Um, so yeah, we're following Jody. And he hears some creepy noises and we get a quick view of some hooded figure running through the building. Um, we'll talk about them a little bit later, but before he can go and investigate, find out what it is, he is jump scared by the mortician and the movie's villain, who is always known as the tall man. That's his name. The tall man. Uh, I think in like part four, we find out what his real name is, but he's just they, he's just the tall man. Um and he is played by Angus Scrim. Again, another actor who showed up and played this character for decades. Um, he looked a little bit like uh, Christopher
2: Lee, uh, the old uh, vampire uh, Dracula guy, isn't that? Yeah, yeah. I think he looked like him a little bit. I had to like Google it after. I was like, "Was that Christopher Lee?" I mean, no, no. Not, but uh, that's who who reminds who
0: Angus Scrim reminded me of. Yeah, they're both just really tall, imposing. So. How do you guys – well, first off, he's jump-scared by the tall man, right? And kind of – there's some subtle humor in this movie. Um, Sure. Sure. (laughs) He grabs him on the shoulder and says, the funeral is about to begin, sir. Sir. And he does – well, I can go off on the tall man. But how would you guys describe the tall man? Justin, you already said that maybe some Christopher Lee comparisons or –
1: old skinny ominous broad yeah. shoulders yeah nosferati looking or
2: yeah oh man pouring a scrim <laughs> um. <laughs> it
1: doesn't look like mm-hmm. just like the ominous kind of like you know like um broad shoulders kind of like
0: yeah right he looks like kind of a stereotypical mortician right super tall uh pale old guy uh and he has this thing he does with his eyebrow like one eye eye always seems like it's about to bulge out of his skull.
2: Um, your eye. It was pretty funny.
0: yeah. Uh, so the first time you see him to me, it's it's kind of funny, you know, just <laughs> he's so intimidating right from the very start. Like, how could anybody not suspect him? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's that's Angus Grimm, and he he's great, he's just great. <laughs> so Jody's little brother, Mike isn't allowed to attend the funeral because, um, their parents had died like two years previously and Mike was fairly traumatized by the funeral. So he's not supposed to come to this funeral. Uh, but he still sneaks up on his motorcycle and he watches from the distance. So he hears the creepy noises and gets a quick glance at the, those little hooded figures running around behind gravestones. Um, and our first real supernatural, well, not first, but uh, our, our first, the first supernatural thing the tall man does, he sees him lift up the casket oh, by yeah. himself and just puts the casket into the hearse. Yeah. <laughs> so he is super yeah. strong. We know that much already. Then we go to this movie's all over. I'm just going to be constantly saying that, by the way, everybody. Then next we go to the. Um, Mike goes to visit an old woman who is, I guess, a psychic or something. Uh, (laughs) And she never speaks. Her eyes are covered and she never speaks, but she talks to him through her granddaughter. And Mike is basically – so he's talking about two things here, two concerns he has. One is he talks about what he saw with a tall man. And the other is we find out that Mike is basically obsessed with Jody, his older brother, right? Uh, he's lost his parents, so all he has is his older brother. And he's afraid that his brother's going to leave him. And he's just constantly, the whole movie, he's just following his older brother around, right? But um, so we, ha- we have a really surreal moment here where he tells her about the tall man. And then there's the box scene. Either of you want to take the box scene and try to explain that?
2: It just appears out of nowhere on the like kind of fortune teller lady's table, and the uh, granddaughter's like, "Put your hand in there." Yeah, and he's like, "What's in there?" She's like, "Put your hand in there," and he's like, "What's in there?" It's like, "Put your hand in there." Uh, so he <laughs> does, and it starts hurting, and he can't pull it out, and he's like, "Ow, it hurts!" Freaking he's freaking out, and she's like, "Don't be afraid! Mm. Don't be afraid! Don't be afraid!" <laughs> Um, and then he finally calms down and then the box releases his hand and then the box disappears <laughs> and then she's like translating for her grandmother. Doesn't appear to be saying anything, but then when he leaves after the box vanishes and he leaves, she cackles, Yeah, uh, kind of like, a like maybe she's got something nefarious going on there. Yeah. Um, so it's a little surreal overall. I mean all all the way through.
0: Yeah, it it makes no sense, but the message that we're supposed to get is don't fear. Mm-hmm. And this is this scene, I think it had already been done before or someone else did it later, the whole put your hand in the box, don't be afraid so you can take it out thing. Yeah. I'm not sure where that's from, but I Dune uh, when he yeah. put his
1: hand in the box yeah. with the yeah.
0: lady, Dune did the exact same kind of thing yeah so i think dune i can't remember which come first dune was obviously written first but was the movie first i don't know anyways they may have just taken this from that but um anyways yeah it's, it's really weird you don't know what's going on like for most of the movie but the main point is don't be afraid supposedly that'll help you out we'll see if that works or not um so now, uh, oh, we get a, we take a little break to jam out for a while. Uh, we get Jody and Reggie. Uh, they just meet up and play a song on their guitars. <laughs> um, so apparently these guys were all real folk musicians. They had a band or something before they got in the movie. So, you know, they're, they're really musicians and know how to play and everything. But before you think the scene just has nothing to do with anything, It ends with, like, um, Reggie takes out his metal guitar tuner, and he flicks it, and it makes a weird noise, and the camera, like, zooms in, like, it's really important. Then the scene's over. So, (laughs) what are you guys thinking at this point in the movie? (laughs) Do you just have no idea what's going on?
1: Um, Yeah, it was just kind of like, oh, I was trying to see they're laying down a plot, and but it was just it was just odd the whole you know tune session was interesting and then he took out the little metal piece and then he put it against the guitar and then it kind of like stopped vibrating Uh
0: yeah Yeah. Yeah.
1: and so like it's pointing something out but i was like okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: yeah, everything's yeah. just designed to throw you off. You're like, well, what the hell is that? And before you can ever think about it, you're onto something else.
2: It's almost um, it, like how your mind does when you're in a dream space, you know, kind of jumps around a little bit and weird things kind of are connected.
0: Yeah, it really, but it does become important later. Everything we've talked about becomes important later. <laughs> Although by the time it does become important, maybe you've already forgotten about it. Um, so there's another Again, another like 10 second scenes. We've got a whole lot of those coming up. So a girl, is it the psychic's granddaughter who goes into the mortu- uh, the funeral parlor? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, there's like a 10 second scene where she, we see her go into the funeral parlor, open a door with a loud buzzing noise. It cuts away and she screams. And then we never see her again. <laughs> so you know. there's that. Yeah, you're about to be bombarded with these kinds of scenes. And literally, if you like look away, you'll miss a whole scene and not know what happened. Um, Jody goes to a bar and he meets the same girl that killed Tommy. Um, this is late at night. He picks her up and she takes him to the cemetery. So we kind of know what's coming here. But of course, we have Mike being kind of (laughs) creepy because he's like watching his older brother fool around with this girl from the trees. Wow. um and he's definitely into it too like what what does he goes wow <laughs> <laughs> he
1: yeah it.
0: but um he starts hearing those monstrous creepy growl noises that we now associate with the hooded figures and one of them starts chasing him through the woods so there's some great humor here um <laughs> justin you want to say you're already laughing you want to say what what happens here
2: <laughs> Mia calls them Jawas <laughs>
1: They remind
2: me of the little Jawas from Star, Star Wars. Warriors. Yeah, they do with their little hoods.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, I was going to save the Jawa conversation till later, but let's go ahead and have the conversation. Um, so, yeah, anybody who watches this movie knows <laughs> these look like the Jawas, the sand, the you know, the little sand people that uh, from <laughs> from the Star Wars movies. Now, apparently, they really do look just the same, don't they? Um, but apparently this movie was filmed before Star Wars came out and had been written beforehand. So Don Coscarelli, who is the uh, the guy behind all this, says it wasn't, it was just a coincidence. And I believe him because nothing else has really much to do with Star Wars, but it is kind of weird that right at the late 70s you had these two movies come out with like little hooded.
2: You know, they have another one that I didn't really think about that is not not really I mean, there's definitely like primitive droids in this movie
0: that are attack droids yeah we'll we'll get to those one of the most famous parts
2: that different from star wars either actually that's also true
0: yeah now that you pointed out um but uh so we'll get there where are we oh yeah so jody's making out fooling around with the girl in the cemetery his brother's being a, a voyeur and watching him and
2: and he like, comes running through the cemetery.
0: Yeah, that's the greatest part. So we cut to him. We cut to Jody making out with this girl uh, in the cemetery. And then suddenly Mike comes running past at full speed, screaming. And then just to make it, just in case you're not sure if it's supposed to be funny, Jody lifts his head up and goes, what the heck? And he's holding the girl's panties in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so run away with them still in his mouth oh yeah i think my brother's got some kind of problem <laughs> he runs after him um but of course when jody catches up to mike he thinks he just has an overactive imagination even though he's kind of seen these things too so maybe he should i don't know but anyways when he gets back to the girl she is gone um there's a quick nightmare scene here that i really like uh where mike Mike is in bed, and I guess he's having a nightmare. Suddenly, his bed is in the cemetery, and the tall man's just standing over him, and zombies reach out of the graves and start pulling him under. Again, 10 seconds, but it's a really cool shot. Um, The tall man just, like, leaning over him. What do we get next? Uh, Oh, another. (laughs) Several in a row here. Mike sees the tall man. All of this, this is just We're describing this as it happens, by the way, if you haven't seen the movie or haven't seen it in a long time, this is exactly how it goes. You know, it happens very quickly. You just get all these random scenes, uh, very short, quick scenes, one after another. So next, Mike is in the downtown and he sees the tall man walking down the street Um, and the tall man passes by Reggie's ice cream truck and it lends out a bunch of really cold air. Now I'm going to throw it to you guys. What the hell's happening here? What, what is the tall man stops? What is his expression? <laughs> well, he's like taking a
2: deep breath in and also kind of like sweeping his eyes across the landscape.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and it makes it look like he's looking at Mike and like making eye contact with him. But it, Then it doesn't really look like that. He kind of keeps continuing to sweep and then kind of it stops right by the ice cream machine. And then he pauses and walks about his way. Yeah. (laughs) My memory.
0: Yeah. But he has, he like, it's almost like he treats the, the ice cream truck and the cold air kind of like most people would a warm fire. You know, he kind of holds his hands out to it and he li- he has this look on his face. And I had always interpreted it as, for some reason, he really likes the cold. I don't know, he just stops. Now, later, in like the third movie, I think, there's a flashback to this and they say, this is where they find out that cold hurts the tall man, but it doesn't look like he's in any pain or discomfort. To me, it looks like, if anything, he enjoys the cold. Yeah. But yeah, just another scene where all right there was something about an ice cream truck and the tall man walking down the street and moving on Uh, (laughs) so yeah at this point we're like halfway through the film and what's going on here as i've said is they're just throwing all these almost disconnected scenes at you and it really um contributes to the surreal feel the nightmarish feel you can never get pulled in into one scene then you're just somewhere else doing something completely different and you lose track of time and when is all this happening? You know, are days going by? Is this all in one or two days? You know, so it, it really keeps you off your feet for a while here. But finally, we kind of go back to more of a blot. Uh Mike sneaks out to the funeral parlor to go find out what's going on with a tall man uh with one of his with just his little knife as his only weapon. And we're getting to some really good stuff here. Okay. And while he's exploring, there's a man we haven't seen yet who just, I guess, is like a, I don't know. How would you describe this man who s- sneaks out at Mike? He's like, um, I don't know, like he's brain dead or something. He doesn't look like a zombie, but he kind of acts like a zombie. Do you remember him?
1: Barely, because then he, get, he goes. Oh.
0: You're right. Yeah. So let's just go ahead and go to that. Uh-huh. So he comes after Mike. And Mike has to hide in a coffin and he's about to find Mike, but then the tall man appears and he just turns around and follows him away. Okay, but um, we're getting to one of the most famous parts of the whole movie here where Mike is suddenly attacked by <laughs> the tall man's balls. Yes, Jason has his machete, Freddie has his glove, the tall man has his balls. Um, so, how, first of all, <laughs> the ball chases Mike, right? Um how would you describe the ball?
1: <laughs> like a silvery sphere with what looks like maybe forks. Right? I don't know, it looks like forks. Yeah. Yeah. It's flying through the air with the greatest of ease. <laughs> Just-
0: yeah, and what Justin mentioned earlier, it is kind of like the ball that shoots lasers that Luke trains with in Star Wars, uh, except this one does not shoot lasers. It chases after you, and Mike manages to make it... The, the man who catches Mike, but Mike manages to dodge out of the way when the ball comes. And what happens, guys? Like Mia yeah. said, it has the two forks that come out, and...
2: It latches onto his, his forehead. Face. Yeah. yeah. And then the drills. drills out a hole in through his skull into his brain and pumps the blood out
0: the back yeah <laughs> it's awesome um <laughs> so you don't know what's going to happen i mean you know if something is flying around in this uh funeral parlor with the evil tall man it's bad for you but did you guys see that coming <laughs> oh uh, uh-uh. no,
1: Didn't know. yeah
0: it's a pretty intense
2: scene um and uh yeah, another reason why you might not want uh, autonomous drones just to kind of <laughs> put it out there. Um,
0: so, yeah, it has these two spears brain. that come out and they lock into yeah. your skull. And then, and we watch all this, by the way, up close. We watch this little drill yeah. come out and drill a hole in someone's skull. It's like pushing the flesh out of the way. Mm-hmm. And then it siphons out all the blood and just squirts this long bang of blood. Um, yeah. And I believe they had to cut some of this here to avoid getting an X rating when the movie first came out. So uh, (laughs) that's how intense this was. Um, Yeah, it is just a great scene. And if you like the tall man's evil spheres, um, those are definitely, they keep coming back, just more and more of them. And we learn more about them in later sequels, what they are and how they're made. And uh, Yeah, so... Uh, go go watch the sequels everybody i had never seen them up until preparing for this podcast well i'd seen the second one but not the rest and uh i i'm glad i watched them all uh if you like this movie i think you'll like the sequels but uh so yeah this guy uh it's just funny how drawn out this is you know (laughs) there's a long period where uh he's just squirting blood out of his out of this silver ball. But there's a little bit of a thing here where all the blood it squirts out. You don't actually see any of the blood on the floor. (laughs) But um, you do see him apparently pee himself. Did you guys see that? I don't know.
1: Yeah.
0: You do catch that. We do do. catch
1: that. Yeah. "Yeah."
0: Yeah. So no blood, but you do see him pee himself after he's dead. Uh, So that's nice. Um, Anyways, so... While Mike is just sort of like, what the hell happened? The tall man appears and a chase begins, you know, and this is cool because they've been building up the, um, the tension between Mike and the tall man. And they haven't really had a confrontation up until now. And suddenly there's the tall man and uh, he just <laughs> runs. Um, so he manages to get away behind a large metal door Oh, oh, the fingers, the fingers. Oh, yeah. What happens to uh? What happens to the fingers, though? Me and Justin. Uh, yeah.
1: So he, he runs and he slams the door, and the hand's still there. And then the hand's kind of like wiggling about. And he takes his little knife and then cuts the fingers off. And there's mm-hmm. like yellow oozing blood, or yeah. I guess just yellow ooze.
0: Yeah. And he, yeah. he takes the
2: finger with him. He grabs one of the fingers to, I guess, for proof. Um, but he grabs one of the fingers with him. And it's kind of still moving around a little bit.
0: Yeah. Uh there's one other thing here though that I really like if you listen to this scene when he cuts the tall man's fingers off. Uh the sound design is great. There's like a scream, mm-hmm. but it like warps into different screams. There's it's hard to explain, really. Mm-hmm. Like um,
2: It's more like you're the other eerie sounds we've heard. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like what you're dealing with here is not just a man. There's something more to him and it's all kinds of these weird screams and you're not sure. Like is the tall man, multiple beings, you know, or what's going on. But yeah, he grabs one of the fingers. Uh, He's almost caught by one of the small uh, hooded things, but he gets away. So the next morning he shows jody the finger in the box which as you guys said uh is still leaking we'll call it blood but it's it looks more like mustard <laughs> there the tallman's blood is like yellow mustard goo stuff um but inside the box it's still moving around just a little finger by itself okay now i do want to throw this one over to you mia so do you remember he goes to show Jody, uh, Jody the finger in the box, and do you remember the chaos that happens after that with the finger? No, um, uh, my uh, finger escapes.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah,
0: yeah, and
1: it does escape. Yeah, and then it turns. Out they try to like put it down the drain.
2: Yeah, well, it turns from the, it turns from that finger into like, like a gremlin kind of little <laughs> small, furry kind of <laughs> thing. Grab It grabs hair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then Jody gets it in the. Um, in the shirt or jacket, and it's like wah, 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 all the way down the like hallway, and it's pulling them this way and pulling them that way. And then they uh, try to put it
1: down the um, garbage disposal.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Like stabbing Reggie,
1: it. Reggie interrupts.
0: Right. But first, up. how would you describe? <laughs> Again, you're never safe in this movie. Anything can happen. The finger turns into. How would you describe what the finger turns into? <laughs> what is that thing?
1: It looks like a black furball with eyes. <laughs> I think of like, what is something like that I could, uh, maybe like something out of gremlins or some kind of, I don't know, something. There might be something that I've seen before where they're like little black things and they've got like weird faces. It must have been like mm-hmm. a movie. I can't even, it looks, I'm thinking like very faint. Oh well, you know what it is it's those those black things from Super Mario Brothers that they're always burning that are in the
0: Oh the fuzzies yeah. <laughs> Is that what those things are called Mario I think they're Mario fuzzies oh, yeah. Uh yes Oh that reminds me of. <laughs> That is actually a great comparison Yeah awesome. <laughs> To me it looks like kind of like a giant monstrous fly with hair and red eyes um it's a great scene, but it's probably the weakest effect in the movie. Uh, it definitely just looks like a kind of little plastic thing, thing they made. Uh, you don't job. see it too long, though, uh, because like you said, they do catch it with a, um, a T-shirt and it like throws them all around the house. They throw it down the uh, garbage disposal. Somehow that doesn't work and it gets away. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Then, just conveniently, Reggie just walks in. Hi, guys. What's going on? And sorry, we're fighting a giant – we're fighting a flying finger spider monster thing. Um, (laughs) And so Reggie sees what's going on, and they finally do kill it. (laughs) So now here's the change in the movie because we've gone from Mike knowing something's up and no one believing him to suddenly all three characters know – Something weird's going on. Okay, and we're still only what, like halfway through the film. So, so sorry. I think I warned everybody. This one's going to go long. Um, yes, we are right now at the halfway point of the movie. Jody goes off to explore the funeral parlor by himself, leaving Mike at home with some guns. After explaining his gun code, I guess. I don't know. You guys remember the gun code? <laughs>
2: yeah yeah it's a pretty standard
0: one in in gun communities Mm. don't Don't yeah number one don't point a gun at someone you don't intend to shoot number two don't shoot someone you don't intend to kill and number three no warning shots those are bullshit (laughs) are these good gun rules to keep in mind i don't know all things considered i I think so
2: yeah Uh, you definitely don't want to kill anyone intentionally. Uh, <laughs> I think it's like probably,
0: great. <laughs> I think these are actually decent uh, gun rules, I guess, you know, don't point a gun at someone unless you're planning on shooting them. You know, uh, if the you shoot thing, someone.
2: The other thing here that I, that's kind of a fun trend that we spot was this uh, Jody telling Mike to stay home. Definitely don't follow me. Yeah. And he does it maybe seven times in the movie. He Like, Pushes him off with other people. It becomes kind of a pretty like he's 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 not going to stay there. Um, so quit quit doing that. Quit doing the right. Thing. Stop it.
0: That becomes a big part of the movie. Um, already a little bit. We've seen Mike following him around, but yeah, for the rest of the movie, he keeps trying to tell him don't follow me. But of course, he immediately follows him, <laughs> and it does become kind of humorous. Um, but so soon after, um. Jody goes to the funeral parlor. Very soon after entering, is attacked by one of the hooded figures and shoots it. Um, we've already had our whole little conversation about how they look like Jawas. So, moving on. Uh, what did you think about the things, though? Were they were they scary? Not
2: well, so. I mean, they're like moving very fast. You don't get to see a whole lot too early on, um, and uh, but then when you see what they're faces look like um it's really
0: creepy um i don't know if we're there yet but uh yeah we'll get there soon i think they're they're pretty scary as they go on and as they i don't know the, the, the things they do a pretty good job of keeping them scary because they're stronger than you expect and they're fast um and what especially
2: they er- what they are is just creepy i mean yeah the things so, that they are is creepy.
0: We'll get to that. All right. So, um, yeah, I, I like the little things, especially early on when all you get is like half a second of them running out of frame and you hear the, the growls and stuff. I, I think they're pretty creepy. Um, so anyways, Jody gets away from them. Oh, he shoots the thing. He just flat out shoots it. Um, <laughs> guns become a big part of this series where, uh, you can always take out the hooded monsters with a powerful enough gun, <laughs> but there's always more. Um, In the next movie, Reggie has a quadruple-barrel sawed-off shotgun. (laughs) It shoots four shells at once, and it's sawed off. It's the most intimidating gun ever. But uh, that's the next movie. So while Jody's trying to run away, he gets chased by a car. Uh, Mike pulls up in another car and rescues him. And we have a chase scene. So Mike's driving. (laughs) This is pretty cool. The movie just is like an action movie for a little while here uh, with Mike driving the car. And Jody is like standing up outside of it and shooting at the car that's chasing him. And he shoots out the window and he shoots out. um, he, He causes it to crash into a tree. So they think that no one's driving the car. But when they go to investigate, it's. One of the little dwarves, and um they we finally take the hood off one of the dwarves and see what its face look like looks like. And what's the twist here? yeah first one Tommy Tommy, yeah. It's uh Tommy, Tommy, but it's not normal. Tommy, what's happened to Tommy? He's a zombie, Tommy's a zombie, <laughs> Tommy's a zombie, yeah. So all we know at this point is that it's Tommy but he's shrunken down (laughs) into one of these monsters, but they also mentioned that he still is heavy. So there's still as much. That's how the things are so strong. They've been shrunken down, but they still retain like all their mass and strength, I guess. So now we know that. What is the tall man doing here? Well, we, Pretty much just said it. He's taking these dead bodies and he's shrinking them down into his hooded dwarf zombies. Um, we don't know why. <laughs> In some ways, I'm not sure that we ever really find out why, even after watching all these sequels. <laughs> but um, they send, so now we've got to come up with a plan to go deal with a tall man. So we send Mike to stay with some friends who own an antique shop. This, of course, doesn't last long. Because Mike finds a very old picture of the tall man that moves. And did that remind you guys of anything? Doesn't that happen? Huh? <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Potter. <laughs> yeah. Harry Potter. Well, yeah, Harry Potter, but a horror movie. Uh, doesn't that happen in it? Don't they find an old picture of oh, okay. Pennywise and it moves? I think that's right. Yeah. So I wonder if Stephen King maybe got that from this movie, possibly. I don't know. But anyways, um, uh, hmm? it was well done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good little effect. Um, I'm not sure. I guess the only thing is we're supposed to believe that the tall man has been around for a very long time. Kind of like Pennywise, the clown. Uh, but now this is what tells Mike he can't stay there. So he's like, you got to take me home right away. Uh, so who, who are these people again? But anyways, they take him home. Uh, or they try to
2: what two random ladies that don't make it wrong
0: (laughs) yeah uh they pass reggie's so they go to take him home they pass reggie's ice cream truck which is turned over and on the side of the road uh reggie is gone so is the monster uh but some of them attack and mike is thrown onto the road as the car drives off i don't know if the girls were driving with the monsters attacking or if the monsters drove off with them still inside, but either way, okay. Those two girls it's kind of convenient that Mike gets thrown out the back though, you know, and he's okay. (laughs) Um, So he goes back home and Jody tries to lock him up again. And I'll, I'll turn this one over to you. What happens when uh, Jody goes off after the tall man, he likes locks Mike in his room and what does Mike do to get out
2: this is really great <laughs> this is the shotgun
0: oh. scene right yeah it's like home alone <laughs>
1: yeah. I know I was like "What is he <laughs> yeah. doing yeah scotch taping out. <laughs> what he scotch taping it's it like some... a
0: little metal
2: pin thing to, uh, the bullet. to the bullet and then so I mean he takes a he takes a shotgun shell and he takes uh it was like a plastic uh covering and then a metal kind of firing pin uh and he like tapes onto a, a little metal pen thing and then he tapes that onto a hammer and then he <laughs> he swings the hammer at the door and it fires the shotgun shell through the door so that he can reach through and remove the screw that Jody had put there, screwdriver uh, that uh-huh. Jody had shoved in there.
0: To lock it, man. Yeah. So um some of you people out there listening might be more gun experts than us, but I mean, we grew up around guns, but does that work? If you, I guess if you just hit the shotgun shell.
2: So (laughs) we
0: never tested
2: it. Um, but in the shells like that have a little small, uh, I mean a gun for a shotgun in a regular kind of like a bolt action gun. When you pull a trigger, it pushes a little, kind of pin uh into a metal pin into the bullet and it lights it and off the bullet goes so in theory if you could if you can hit that pin there with enough force the shell will fire uh ah. now what like uh that's how it worked mechanically. Um, now I don't know what would play out in reality if you tried to take it and hit it against a, some, uh, you know, a wooden door. I don't do it. Just don't do it uh, for anyone listening. Um, but I'm not sure what would happen in that particular moment. You can blow up CO2, small CO2 cartridges. Um, don't do that either. I'm just saying that
0: it's possible. Uh, <laughs> And don't play with gasoline or machetes like I did. Okay. Uh, don't put gasoline uh,
2: on top of the lakes. It floats. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it will still be on fire.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How did we survive our... Uh, anyways. But uh, yeah, don't try this. The shotgun shell could also just explode and damage your hand, put out your eyes. No, I don't know.
2: Sure. 100% don't do it. Independent <laughs> of whether it might work, it won't look like it is. In the movie.
0: <laughs> but it's just, it's just funny to me because this is twice in a row now where we put Mike away and Mike immediately escapes, you know, uh, again, watching this movie for the first time. I'm like, wait, what's going on? There was a shotgun shell and huh? <laughs> um, yeah. So anyways. Oh yeah. So now Mike goes after the tall man and it's but he doesn't have to go far because as soon as he opens his door there's the tall man and the tall man grabs him and throws him in his hearse and um i was waiting for you yeah you don't get much dialogue from the tall man in this movie so when he does speak it's pretty cool um i think this is is this the first time he speaks as evil tall man and we know he's evil there may have been one time earlier but anyways yeah he just opens the door he's there uh, funeral sir. the funeral is about to start sir sir but yeah but that's not him being evil tall man that's yeah, him that's pretending to be a nice a person i think yeah. this is only the second time he speaks since then um mm-hmm. there may have been one or two words somewhere but anyways so he grabs him throws him in the back of the hearse and i like there's a as he's driving away, he kind of looks back at him like he's having the time of his life. He gives mm-hmm. him this little look like, ha ah, ha, this is fun. Yeah, I, I kidnapped you. I you. Uh, <laughs> but how does Mike, um, how does Mike get out? Oh. He shoots out the window. He shoots out the tires. He jumps out of the, v, the hearse. And the hearse crashes into a tree and explodes. Now, this is one of those film series where anytime a car crashes, it just has to explode, (laughs) which I like. Um, You know, I'm I'm pretty sure if you just kind of drive into a tree, your whole car won't explode into a giant fireball. But um, in Phantasm World, anything is possible. Um, He goes to the funeral parlor. He's chased by another ball. But then Jody shows up and you can destroy the balls if you shoot them. (laughs) um and then reggie's there going up again (laughs) yeah so we're all just reunited and reggie there's not really much of an explanation about what happens to reggie he's like i don't know i was just hiding and then i came out and i'm here like okay but we're getting to one of the coolest parts of the movie and where the surrealism starts to go up another level and you start to get a hint at what's going on with the tall man mike leads them to a door um and we open the door and we go into a room. All right. How do you want to describe this room? It's awesome.
1: With a whole bunch of barrels. And two metal poles.
2: Yeah. It's bright white, otherwise. it's
1: making a vibrating noise, like a yeah. really humming, overwhelming noise.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. So we have just a perfectly bright room with barrels. And what's inside the barrels? Little people. Uh yeah, all the people that had been disappeared. Yep. All the d- dwarves they've been shrunken down and then there's nothing else in the room except for these two metal poles or prongs i guess you could call them and the whole room is humming so it's all very um very overwhelming you know with the sound and the visuals here so these these two poles what do they do they what is their purpose uh,
2: they their
0: per portal
2: to another world. Yes. Poke your head in
0: there and see Mm -hmm. what's going on. There's a pretty
1: much
2: you
0: fall in. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Mike first tested out with like putting his hand in and his arm disappears. It's a pretty cool little effect. Very simple to do, I'm sure, but it still looks good. Um, and then he falls, falls through the portal, uh, with, Jody, I think grabbing him from behind, so he's really more just kind of like hanging in the portal. He's hanging from the sky, and this is a shot where you have to really be paying attention, or you'll miss it. Uh, and it's a really another really cool shot here. So, um, what's on the planet? A whole
1: bunch of the Jawa people. <laughs> in the
0: line. Yeah, something looks
2: kind of like Mars, or yeah. it's like a dirt red, rustic kind of planet.
0: Yeah, it's just like mars like you said it's like some sort of dirt red not very appealing planet and you see there's a long line of these dwarves going so what does this tell us about the tall man what is he doing uh what does mike manage to figure out about what the tall man is doing with these dwarves do you remember what he says here
2: yeah these kidnapping them and Taking them to his planet to be slaves, and he's making them smaller and closer to the ground, or shorter and cl- closer to the ground because the gravity
0: is heavier there. Yeah, something like that. He's using their slaves. So that's a cool twist, I think. Like, because this whole movie, you're like, what the hell is going on? Now we realize that the the tall man is not just a magical being. He's like an interdimensional space traveling monster who harvests the dead to make slaves for his planet um oh, no. and that's yeah and if you want too much more than that you're out of luck watching watching this series you get a little bit more about the tall man and why he's doing what he's doing but for the most part we just know slaves
1: but is he merging the two the dead and the small people
0: no, i think he's No it's one person into small
1: people making them into small people and then putting them in another planet yeah his planet.
2: his planet
0: because he needs slaves for some reason Okay, okay. we don't know why yeah it's really easy to miss all this if you haven't watched the movie a few times but yeah so that's why he's working at the funeral home he's um he's stealing the dead and uh actually causing the dead we find out later that he's doing this like on a massive scale even going to different towns and stuff. He, he kills people or waits for them to die. Then he takes their body, makes it into one of his evil dwarves, dwarf slaves, and sends them off somewhere else or uses them.
2: And We're not exactly sure else. what his
0: end game is, but yeah. <laughs> good so right after we figure out what's going on, the lights go off. Um, and they're attacked that's by the weird. dwarves and separated. When the lights come back on, Reggie is alone in the room. Okay. And now, remember how we said the guitar scene was important? It's I back. Know. Reggie, what is he? He's, he, I guess he believes that he's reminded of his guitar tu- tuner. And I guess he sees the portal as working kind of like a tuner. It's all about vibrations, I guess, right? Um, so what does he decide to do?
2: <laughs> Put his hands on both of them at the
0: same time. To stop the vibrations i guess the idea being if you stop the vibrations you destroy the portal or just turn it off um that's sc- not what happens well it seems to it does something what does it do it's
1: sucking uh, everything into it
0: yeah
2: and he yeah he like climbs out and then all the barrels start going towards it. it's like sucking mm-hmm. them into it
0: i guess he causes it to Im- basically implode the portal mm-hmm. to implode it's like uh, kind of like when um uh, a window is opened on a spaceship, you know, all the air just gets sucked out. So all the barrels get sucked in. He has to like crawl away. He escapes, but now the whole property is going crazy. There's like this giant windstorm, and we'll really get the sense that everything's about to go. Um, uh, so things are moving pretty fast here. He escapes from the room. Um, the tall man, we see reappear as the woman. Um, but he seems to be hurt by what reggie does like it causes him pain at first it even seems like he's going to kill him or something but um when reggie finds her again he hasn't seen this woman before he goes to try and help but she stabs him to death in the stomach after and then turns back into the tall man so that's kind of sad i like reggie um and here at the end of the movie suddenly one of the main characters dies um Mike and Jody see this and they escape into the ha- the car, and then the whole funeral parlor just vanishes into the portal, right? So at this point, in most movies, that would be this would be the ending, right? Isn't that from poltergeist? It huh? like this whole movie is ripping
2: now. Is that from poltergeist where the house goes into the Yes,
0: but this was before poltergeist. <laughs> okay, all right. So everything yeah. is ripping off this movie. Uh-huh.
2: So- <laughs> <laughs> anyways sorry i was like oh i've seen yeah, this a paper paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
0: yeah um but you're you're right i hadn't even thought about that that does happen in poltergeist so everything gets sucked through the portal uh reggie's dead mike and jody escape and uh yeah i was saying this in most movies this would be the climax of the film this would be the ending we send the tall man back to his dimension A main character dies but the two main characters escape um that could be the ending of the movie right it's not. it's not it's not this movie has what it three? Was
2: it, was yeah.
0: it has like three or four endings i guess there's a lot of twists coming okay so we we still have like 15 minutes left let's get through it and i'm gonna have to skip over kind of summarize stuff really quickly here because this is going along like i knew it would um now we jody has a plan to get rid of the tall man uh forever he's what's his plan he's going to lead uh, him to a trap in the old mine yes he, there's an old mine shaft apparently just in the middle of a pathway <laughs> and yeah. he's like i'm going to camouflage the path we'll trick the fall man into falling down the path and it's a thousand feet deep he'll never get out um, straight to hell. <laughs> and when the tall man immediately comes for mike Mike leads him on a chase. There's some cool stuff here, but um, ultimately what happens is the tall man does fall into the trap and Jody covers the pit with boulders. So that could be ending number two. You know, we could end with, oh, but maybe the tall man will get out. Mm -hmm. No, now things get really weird. (laughs) So um, then there's a twist again. If you're not paying attention, you're going to be so confused and you'll be confused anyways. But we cut to Mike. And what's the twist here? He wakes uh, up. Yeah. He wakes he up. Wakes, mm-hmm. He wakes up and it's all been... It was all a dream. It was all a dream. Or was it? <laughs> or was it? <laughs> because who is he? He's talking to... He's talking to
2: Reggie. Yeah, who's yeah Reggie's alive. there. And he, Reggie tells him that Jody died in a car crash um and um this is like he's just been having a nightmare and he's like everything's going to be okay and maybe they should just go on a road trip
0: um to uh, to take a break yeah Um, so at this point in the movie wait a second wait a second reggie's not dead it's jody's that jody that is dead and the whole movie i guess has been a dream and it's reggie and mike So, before we get to the last twist, how do you feel about that twist? The whole it was all a dream thing. Do you like that or no? Mia's shaking her head. You can't.
1: I don't like it. (laughs) I don't like it. I was like, "What is going on?"
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, it still leaves it uncertain in the end. Of course, what the hell's going on? Which I I like the
1: ambiguity, the
2: ambiguity, and the surrealism. But it is also uh, kind of, I mean, it's a little annoying, but it's all, all right. right.
0: And in the sequels, it's never really clear how much was real and how much wasn't real. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, this is all happening on a level where there's a lot of room for interpretation. But what we found out here is that it was all a dream. Mike just traumatized from losing his whole family. Um, he's invented this whole tall man thing. So Reggie says, all right, pack your stuff. We're going to hit the road and just get out of here. Um, twist ending number four. Last final twist. He goes up to his room to pack. And Mia, I'll let you take this one. What happens as he's packing?
1: Well, as he's packing, he sees a picture of his brother. And he's stuffing his stuff into his backpack. And then suddenly, he looks in the mirror. And the mirror is the tall man. The
0: tall man. And so, there's like these... I, it's never explained what they are, but like arms that burst through these big yeah, hairy. Yeah. yeah. And they pull him through the mirror. He screams. And that is finally the ending of the movie, implying that it all wasn't a dream or maybe it was a dream, but it was a premonition or I don't know. What do you guys think? How do you interpret all this?
1: <laughs> uh, I feel like he might have might probably like died at some point during the uh, final battle. Or something like that and he's just stuck in limbo with the tall man
2: mm,
0: I like that interpretation interesting Justin how did you see it when all this was going on what's your thoughts on what's going on in this movie what's real what's not real
2: <laughs> well we, we recently rewatched Malignant yeah and, yeah and what it made me think of was like maybe it did happen parts of it happened uh, in the encounter in the past and Reggie just happened to live because we never saw for sure that he died and that like Jody ended up getting killed somehow. But like a lot of that did happen in the past. It's not the complete recount of it. And he's like traumatized by all of that. And maybe Reggie wasn't really there for any of it. And he's like, remembered him as part of it in there. Um And yeah. And then it, at the end it shows up again, uh, but who knows?
0: Yeah. And again, even after watching all the sequels, I'm still not quite sure. <laughs> um, I guess the only way to look at it is some of it was real and some of it was not. I mean, we see that the tall man has powers to have some sort of uh, psychic powers. Sometimes he can create hallucinations. Um, so that's what I go with. Some of it was real. Some of it was not real. Um and there's a lot more stuff that comes on with like Mike having some sort of psychic powers, so maybe some of its premonitions. Mm. I don't know. I watched the whole series except for the, the most recent movie, and I you still don't really know what's going on. But if you like this sort of idea of what the hell is going on, uh, this is fun and an interesting journey. Uh, you'll like the sequels because it's more of the same. But don't get into the series thinking, I'm finally going to get the answers. <laughs>
1: Theory. have another, um, theory. I have another yeah. theory. Yes. So when the house gets sucked in, they all get sucked in, and they're all like an alternative, just like mm-hmm. dreams. I like it. I like that.
2: I like it. everyone gets sucked into the portal, and they're just like in an in-between space between the air and the tall men's universe.
1: Mm-hmm. They're I all know. trying to get away and creating different, you know, parallels or different things or different ideas to get away but they can't get away from the tall man because they're stuck with the tall man
0: that's that's all as valid as any other interpretation (laughs) um especially because i mean the tall man it's one of those things where uh you know they'll kill him at the end of every movie and then he's just back um and there's some sort of some explanation there um so the next movie i know we got to wrap it up the next movie starts off right where this one ends um, where the tall man attacks the house and it's still Mike and Reggie. So we continue with that. But later on, as the series goes, some of the stuff from the first movie is revealed as really happening. So yeah, like, like I said, it's some of it's real. Some of it's not. You're, you don't get a definite answer. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that, that was phantasm. Uh, What did you guys, any, any other thoughts in the movie? What you thought, like didn't
2: like one thing i would add after that i did not think about until listening to your narrative now as we were going through it was how much the movie sets you up for it to be a dream Mm -hmm. you dream like in the way that it kind of bounces around some parts don't make a lot of sense uh some of the scenes have like supernatural things that couldn't really happen in the quote unquote real world it might happen in dreams so i hadn't really pieced that together watching it through it was just a little confused at points but it did like it did hold enough of a narrative in the dream world for it to feel like it was more than a dream mm-hmm. but a little too much of the dream world for everything to be like normal or real and mm-hmm. I think you know listening to you recount it tonight made me realize how much how, how nice of a job the filmmakers do making it feel kind of not just surreal but like a dream um, and in uh, that way I think they did a really nice job showing that with how they made the film
0: yeah it's one of those movies where if you go in wanting it to make sense you're going to be frustrated um but when you see like you just said what they're trying to accomplish here they actually do a very good job um yeah even from the very very early on with uh, the magical box that just appears and disappears and none of that's ever explained um that has nothing to do with the tall man So we can assume the stuff with the tall man is just his magical powers, but the rest of the stuff, what's going on there. (laughs) Um, I also like that the whole, I guess, overarching um, message is from the very beginning, Mike has been told not to fear. And that's supposed to be what beats the tall man, but I don't think that really works. (laughs) Not being afraid doesn't really seem to accomplish anything, even though that's the big message. (laughs)
2: Uh, context very much
0: (laughs) yeah
2: it does help him get out of the mud yeah yeah
1: by the lady but i don't think it really keeps
2: coming back for more all the same Mm -hmm. so yeah but but, uh, still good advice
0: yeah be brave yeah yeah don't be afraid it's general good advice um yeah, that's just the first movie. Like I said, at some point, we'll have to get to the sequels. Uh, they're, they're a lot of fun. Again, um, they keep with the, the trend of this movie of not giving you that much information, giving you a little more, but really asking more questions. Um, you get more of the uh, the tall man says the same. It's the same villain played by the same actor. Mike comes back for a lot of the films. Even Jody comes back, I think. Uh I don't know if he's in the second one or in the third one, but Reggie, Reggie really becomes the main character uh, throughout the series, believe it or not. Um, Yeah. So it's great stuff. That's fantastic for 1979, especially kind of a lower budget film. um, I think it's great. I love this movie. I think I didn't quite get it when I was younger and first saw it. So I was like, Oh, that's cool. The, the ball thing was cool. Um, Some cool visuals, but, now I think I really appreciate it. All right, any last words on the phantasm before we reveal our next pick?
2: Yeah, for those killer drones. Yeah,
0: go watch the sequels. Like I said, I watched the whole thing on um, one of Joe Bob's Christmas specials. He covered the whole series except for two. They skipped two for some reason, uh, so you can watch the the whole series there with his commentary. But watch two also. Um, So coming up next, I don't know. Frankenhooker. Yeah, I don't know. Was that one of your picks? Or I know that was also a request.
1: (laughs) I put it
2: in on behalf of the fan request as one of my picks. Um, So this is is for our fan.
1: What a funny name.
2: Who requested Frankenhooker to me directly. Um, And um, this is to you. It'll be sent to you at some point. So looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, uh, Frankenhooker that is 1990 by Frank Hennenlauter. It's the same guy who did Basket Case, which we talked about a little bit in the Malignant episode. He also did Brain Damage, uh, yeah, hook- the little brain parasite that gets you high but also makes you kill people. Uh, for, I'm I've never seen Frankenhooker, um, but I've it's been on my list for a long time. I'm really excited about it because. His other movies are a lot of fun, so <laughs> Frankenhooker. All right, thanks again, guys. I hope everybody enjoyed Phantasm. Um, be sure to like us on social media, all that stuff. Send us comments, send us requests, tell your friends, all that you know. <laughs> all right, man, good to see you. Thank you. All fun. right, goodbye, everybody. Thank you. See you next time. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.